My name is Rob, and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Do you remember your wedding day? Better yet, do you remember all the details leading up to your big day, including details like how you met, the proposal, the wedding planning, and the actual wedding itself? Today, I share an enjoyable conversation with two great couples, Zach and Amanda and Jake and Maddie, as they share their stories, their insights, and their lessons learned on the ultimate road to marriage. If you've ever planned a wedding or been part of one yourself, I think you're going to really enjoy today's podcast. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. So, first of all, I'd like to welcome my two couples, Zach and Amanda and Jake and Maddie. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And we also have Samuel here with us. I forgot to mention Samuel. So, if we happen to hear a baby in the background, you'll know what's going on. Um, You both have kids and full-time jobs and full-time life. So, thanks again for taking time, carving time out of your busy schedule to meet with me. Um, I thought the way we could first kick things off is kind of do just a quick couple's bio. Tell me your age, occupation, and maybe one or two fun facts about yourself that you'd like to share. And then how long have you been married? All right, I'll go first. I'm Amanda. I'm 29. And I work as a Special Olympics coordinator for Special School District. Um, I also coach high school girls basketball. And Samuel is our 10-month-old. I am Zach Peters. I am married to Amanda. I am 31. I'll be 32 in May. <laughs> Maddie is having quite the reaction. So, geez. Uh, yeah, I know. Very old. Uh, I am originally from the Cleveland, Ohio area. And I moved out here in 2016 for my job at, uh, as a strategic account manager for a technology company. Uh, still there. And loving that. And what else? I used to live in Florida for six years. And yeah. Okay, good. Oh, and we've been married for almost two years. Two years? Okay. A uh, year and a half, really. Wait, two and a half years. Almost three years. You guys are almost three years. Almost, almost three. three. Yeah. Oh, what is that? I need to put whatever the correct time is. Let's read. That's a good thing about this. Okay. Yeah, can we restart? Well, just, like a full-time parent and all that. You start to lose track of like the detail stuff yeah. like that, right? So, okay, yeah. and with COVID, like years are just weird. <laughs> That's true. I, I agree. Very true. Two yeah. and a half. Yeah. Almost three. Final answer. Yeah. <laughs> They're old. They don't remember. We're, we're the young yeah, couple you over here. Yeah, I'm Jake. I'm 28. Uh, grew up in St. Louis. And I'm a CPA, an accountant, an auditor. So usually people aren't too happy to see me when I come into to their office. But um, been doing that for three years, four years now, five years, five years, five years. See, yeah, Sorry. the years run together. You're right. Um, played baseball in college. That's a fun fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we we've, we've been married for three years. Just almost three. Years. Yeah. Okay. Maddie? All right, I'm Maddie. I am married to Jake. I am 27. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom to our two babies. Uh, Josiah is almost two, and Isabella is four months. 
Um, I grew up in Iowa, actually, um, and played volleyball in college, which is where I met Jake at Rockhurst. Good. All right, so let's talk about dating. How did you two meet? What attracted you to each other? Was it physical humor, or maybe he or she was independently wealthy? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Gold digger. <laughs> And when did you know that either he or she was the right person for you? Or did it take some convincing? Anybody want to kick us off? We can start on that one. Yeah, so we met at Rockhurst. Um, So I was there my freshman through super senior year. Maddie came in your junior year, right? Second semester of my sophomore year, so your junior year. Yeah. So we were, we just, like all the sports teams up there hang out and stuff, so we just... We were good friends for, I'd say, year, solid year. And I mean, she'd be like, introducing me to her friends and like setting me up on dates and stuff. Oh. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of how we started. And, you know, she that's was awesome. just a great friend and always there. And I'm like, well, these people you're setting me up with aren't working out. So why don't I try you? You know, we'll, we'll go there. So, you know, that's. Well, how we really met, he dated my roommate first. Well, that was one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, we were just really good friends at first. I just thought Jake was like a super funny guy. I just loved being around him. And I think he definitely had some interest before I did. Um, That's true. I was like, I don't know. Is this like, you know, I'm, he's dating my roommate. You know, is this really something I want to pursue to cause that drama? Sure enough, he finally convinced me. Luckily, she did. And there was drama. (laughs) I I was going to say, how close were you with your roommate? We we had kind of had a falling out previously. So we weren't super close. Um, but I think that kind of... Were you still roommates happened. once you guys were dating? Yeah. yeah. She was nice to me. She wasn't so nice to yeah. him. But. Yeah. So how important was the uh, the friendship part of it in terms of uh, making you feel more comfortable about actually dating? I think that kind of like set the foundation for our relationship. Just we had that friendship. Could talk to each other about everything. and Good. But it was definitely a weird transition of like, okay, now we're... Yeah, dating and you know so. it was weird at first totally yeah, yeah. and I, I told her I loved her after like a week so that was uh, <laughs> Jake, <laughs> that's true yeah. how could you like, not though yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> please will you marry me after a week <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah so that's us so Amanda and I met at the crossing and Funny story, Rob, you were our group leader. Yep. I guess you could. Yep, at your table. Yeah, yeah the facilitator. You saw it. And awesome. Yeah, you, you've seen it from day one. Yep. yep. And I, I still to this day can laugh at how I got placed at this table because the quarter life groups at the crossing at the time were quite large. Yep. I don't know if they've grown or shrunk over time, but there was probably over a hundred people in this room and I had forgotten to sign up for this event. It was a five week event. Yep. I forgot to sign up. So when I went to print out my name tag, I didn't have a table assigned. So they randomly assigned me or 
wasn't random. Right. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, to uh, to this table. Table one. Table one, and I think when I was probably was I late to the first? Were you already sitting there? Yeah, I was already. Sitting. I don't because, know if you were late, but I was. Yeah, because I, I do recall that when we, when we sat down, there was probably eight or so people at the table and Amanda was across the table. And I said, wow, she is really cute. So then the next week I moved a little bit closer. <laughs> then the next week I moved another chair closer so that, you know, I didn't want to make it too obvious. But it was it was definitely physical attraction at first that um, drew me to her and... I would say you had this this almost this mystery to you where you were kind of had this harder shell where you were trying to play hard to get, right? Because remember how you were just oh, you, you would joke really hard and just I think that's just me. <laughs> but it's it's come down a little bit. I mean, I'm not kidding. There were times when she would say like one of those jokes that would kind of like jab at you or kind of make fun of you a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, that kind of hurts my hurts my feelings a little bit. So testing how serious you were in pursuing her. Yes, yep. exactly. Well, I remember Zach had just moved to St. Louis and he was talking about how he couldn't move to a new city and just live behind a closed door. Like he had to get out there and meet people. And that was the first thing that attracted me to him because I'm the opposite. Mm -hmm. If I moved to a city where I knew no one, I would be so hesitant to put myself out there to try and meet new people. And he was just so personable and outgoing. And it was just so different than how, you know, I am that it was very, very attractive quality. So to that point, it's kind of trite and cliche, but do opposites attract? Zach and I are opposite in a lot of ways. A lot of our interests are different. You know, the, the shows we like to watch, the movies we like to watch, the hobbies we like to do, they're very different. Our music taste could not be more opposite. And I used to get very bogged down in all of our differences, but I think where we align is all of the big matters and all, of, you know, our, our heart matters. And those are perfectly aligned. And I think yeah. that that holds us together through all of our our very different interests do opposites attract i mean i would say maddie's more of like a free spirit kind of more outgoing than me i'm kind of more the introvert she's more the the extrovert um but yeah to y'all's point just like christ is the foundation so i think as long as that's i i don't see like opposites in that Mm -hmm. attracting but like if that's if christ is there then you have different things outside of that, then yes, I could see that. It's almost a loaded question because you, 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 you need more detail, right? Because we're, we're just talking about this. I feel like we're watching a reality dating show or something. Which we do a lot. <laughs> Which we do. Not The Bachelor. Please, no. No, 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 no. No. This, this, was, uh, this was Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh, okay. Where you, these people meet each other behind, through a wall, through a wall mm-hmm. without seeing each other. And the experiment is... Yeah outside of physical attraction. And there was this couple that ended up getting engaged, but one of them was an atheist and the other one was a strong Christ follower. And that freight, that question came up, opposites attract. And I looked at a man and I said, 
No, there's no way that you can have a su- successful marriage without sharing that foundation. And I think there's lighter, more playful differences that can you can yeah. be, be different on. But, and that perhaps that's what the question is really alluding yeah. to. But uh, when it, when you get down to the core, no, you have to be so similar and on, on everything from the way you want to raise your parent, uh, your kids to. I would I would agree on politics as well too. Like, I'm sure, are there couples out there who have different views? Probably, probably yeah. but <laughs> probably an argument here here or there is not yeah. going to work out. So. So when did you know that Amanda was the person for you? And Amanda, when did you know that Zach was the person for you? Was well, it at the same time? Well, it- after our first date, mm-hmm. I thought, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. We are too different. He was telling me stories about his man bun mm-hmm. and <laughs> the music that he listens to. And I'm just thinking, this is just, this is just silly. And um, he had also invited a friend on our date. Our first date. So I'm like a friend of mine. So I'm thinking, okay, he's just friendly anyway. He's not really interested. And um, so I didn't really, I didn't really see it going anywhere. Um, But then I, shortly after we started dating, I moved to Texas uh, to finish grad school. And he made a really good effort to come down and see me and um, spend time with me there. And we were walking around at a fair in Texas. And I, I just knew like he... He had such a commitment to me and just, I just had so much fun with him and I just knew we could make it work then. Zach, how about you? So as far as my initial attraction to her, that that was pretty instantaneous, which Mm -hmm. I already told you guys. I, I used to keep track of my workouts. I would print out a yearly calendar and I would write down every day whether I worked out or didn't, whatever. And on that calendar... I wrote Met Bay when I met Amanda. It was so, so cheesy, right? Uh, so I wrote the first day I met Amanda, I wrote it down on there. But as far as knowing when she was the one, I think that was a lot, that was a much more difficult process for me because I think I carried a lot of baggage, not necessarily on past actions, but it's more so my, the the way I thought about marriage and expectations. That's the word I'll go with. Growing up in a Christian household, you know, you, you, you're taught, you're, you're thinking about your wife, right? And you have all of these different expectations and, uh, views of how things are supposed to go. And I think there were things that I would, differences that I would see in Amanda where I would say, oh my goodness, everything's not lining up perfectly. And I would start to freak out about that. And I, and looking back on it, it was the silliest thing ever, but that was just immaturity on my end. He had a very specific story written for how his future looked. Mm -hmm. And when I came in and like started busting that up in a little bit. It it caused a lot of a conflict, and you could tell. I could tell that he was having a hard time letting go of that story to write one together. Oh, absolutely! That that's so well said. The story 
that I had written and not let God write. It was everything that I wanted it to be. And when it wasn't. So how commonplace do you think that is in your peer groups? Does that happen a lot? I think there's this pressure that, first of all, like when you're dating or when you're thinking about marriage, that you can't think about that until you agree on everything or until you're financially in the right place or you're like, there's just, I feel like people always talk about there's this moment where everything else is in line and then you can get married and then you can seriously date or then you can have kids. And I think Zach fell into that. Um, And I think that's very common in our peer group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before I ask Jake and Maddie, you said Met Bay. What is, I'm, I'm out of the loop in terms of, what does that mean? <laughs> I actually don't even really know if I know what it stands for. It's like before. Besides anyone else. Besides anyone else. Okay. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah. You're, the, you're the young one, so. She's, she coaches this. 14 year olds. So I didn't, people are going to hear that and they're going to wonder, maybe they won't wonder what it means. They, like your girl. Yeah, it's like the slang term that the kids are using these, well, probably not anymore. Jeez. Maybe a couple you're years no ago. You're not anymore, man. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's cool, that's good. Um, so when did you know Maddie was the one for you and vice versa? Yeah, I think right away I knew that like there was something there. You know, I, she was definitely worth pursuing. Um, and I don't recall like the specific moment, but I remember like deciding like, okay, we're going to like switch from this friend zone to like dating. Yeah. And I remember God just like, awakening something in me like if you go that route you're gonna marry this girl mm-hmm. and you know that that's a scary thought but it's like you know i guess we're gonna gonna try it out and it took a lot longer than maddie would have liked i'm sure but <laughs> <laughs> well, we're um, gonna delve into that in the next question so. yeah but i would say we, we ended up going to like a marriage conference and that was like a year and a half into dating, I would say. And that's when I knew after that. Kind of like we didn't have to have everything in a row like you guys were talking yeah. about. It's like yeah. we had the foundation of Christ. So let's, yeah. let's move forward and let's go get that ring. So that's what we did. <laughs> so Manny, how about you? As far as marriage goes, like when I knew he was the one... Mm-hmm. Probably, I moved to St. Louis right after graduation in 2017, Um, and we, I did not have a super great relationship when I first moved here, Um, but when we really turned our, like, our lives to Christ, and when I saw that switch in Jake, I was just like, oh yeah, this is the guy I'm going to marry. and yeah, that was probably like a year before I got him to pop the question. A year and a half, maybe even like two years before I got him to pop the question. But I knew then when he was serious about pursuing the Lord and just everything that Jesus had for him, I was like, yeah, I know no matter what we go through, I'm going to marry this guy. And, and changing denominations. Yeah, he yeah, that was a big one. He he grew up Catholic, and so that was part of a little bit part of our story too. And his story and coming to Christ. So. Yeah. yeah. She, yeah, she saw I was kind of in the ritualistic mindset versus the relationship with Christ. And I think once that switched, it, it helped, it yeah. helped ease the, the decision. So, um, since Manny's kind of going there, the, the proposal, um, guys, how did you propose? 
And how did you know it was the right time to propose? It's probably a big question because I suspect there's probably a lot of guys who wrestle with when's the right time to propose. Yeah, I can go first, I guess. Um, so we had we had gone to that marriage conference. We had kind of done our homework that, you know, sent us home with a bunch of questions and kind of started going through that stuff and realizing, you know, we're, we're on the same page with things. And, um, so at that time I knew I was like, okay, well, you know, let's go buy the ring and had my buddy who was a jeweler. He actually made the ring and everything. So it was, that's kind of a cool, yeah. cool little thing. So you got to design it. And yeah. Exactly yeah. Like, Custom design sweet. and everything. Yeah. Um, so the actual proposal, it was hard because Maddie has these expectations, I would say. And well, we're going to get into that in the next <laughs> question. <Yeah. laughs> and I, I don't know, it's one of those things, it's a huge moment. You don't want to let her down. So I felt a lot of pressure for sure. Um, but the actual proposal, I had her dad, um, her sister, Nate was there too, wasn't he? Brother-in-law. Uh, they were coming in for her birthday. Her birthday is uh, September 8th. I was going to do it on the 7th. Mm-hmm. Best birthday present ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so they come in town. They pick her up at her apartment. She was living over in Brentwood Forest. And I, I had given uh, her dad a note. And it said, you know, hey, uh, have a birthday gift for you down at the gazebo and uh, in Brentwood Forest. And... They picked her up. I was waiting down there with a bottle of wine. And um, yeah, that's where I asked her to marry me. Did you talk to her dad? I did, yeah. Before? Yeah, and mom. I did both. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. You should tell the significance of the gazebo. Because that makes it better, yeah. I think. Your story. Was there a significance to it? Well, it's just like those are special places where you have to go yeah. to. Oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. just like a place. It yeah, was. yeah. We had we would go there for walks and kind of have conversations there and stuff. So, yeah. yeah it was. Um, so, Maddie, then the follow-up question is obviously how did his proposal, the reality of his proposal, meet up with your expectation of mm. kind of like as a young girl growing up, here's how I'm going to be proposed. Yeah. Did you expect him to like ride up on this white sky <laughs> horse? Well, it wasn't in New York City underneath the, the Christmas tree. That was so. like my not realistic <laughs> dream proposal. Yeah. That's okay. Go ahead and share. <laughs> no, I think for me, Jake thinks I have these big expectations, but I think what really touches my heart is when I can tell there's a lot of thought and meaning put into something. And so deep down, I knew Jake was going to feel a lot of pressure and I knew he was going to put a lot of thought into it. So just, yeah, it was just so special to me still, just how he did everything that he figured it out on his own and did the best he could to make it special for me. So it was a very special moment for me. I wouldn't have it any other way. Nice. (laughs) Zach? So a little uh, difficult for the proposal on my side because I really wanted my family to be there. Mm-hmm. My family's pretty spread out. As you know, my parents, I was born in the Cleveland, Ohio area. So that's where my parents are. My brother's in New York. My other brother was in Chicago. And Allie, were they in Miami at that time? 
Cincinnati. They were in Cincinnati. Okay. So it was actually my sister's husband that we used to orchestrate this whole proposal because he plays in the NFL uh, for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And they had an away football game at Kansas City. And so we used that as a disguise to bring my family to St. Louis because it would have been really obvious if everybody and my grandmother shows up. Well, hey, we're just we're just here to visit you. Well, and the whole backstory is I thought I was surprising Zach by having all his family. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll mention that. Yeah, so so I thought I was super sneaky. Planned this whole weekend where we go to the football game. Zach has no idea. Thought it was so cool when his family landed at the airport and he acted surprised. I probably rubbed it in a little too hard that I'd like pulled this off and I planned this all and he had no idea. I I put on my acting shoes. I I won an Oscar because I was, I remember hugging my dad and I, we were jumping around and I whispered in his ear, it's working, it's working because she's like, I gotcha. So I knew the whole time, but everybody came in and we ended up, I ended up proposing in Chesterfield, Missouri, in uh, the Chesterfield Park. Central Park. Central Park around the lake, and there was a gazebo there, too. And what was pretty cool was Amanda didn't know what was happening, so as she was dropped off by my sister, she was handed a letter that I had written her, and it said to follow the path. uh, Much more elegantly. And as, as as she walked around the path, different significant people throughout her life would pop out surprise you know and friends family my grandmother her parents and then eventually i was the last one at the end waiting for her uh and i think it went really well would you agree yeah well one i had no idea because i thought i had surprised you so i'm thinking there's no way he does it this weekend because he didn't know they were coming (laughs) right but um, back to your earlier question, Rob, as far as when did I know it was the right time to propose, I don't really think I, I did know. I think, to Jake's point, you have to put in the time and the effort and go through those ups and downs mentally and work through getting to know your... Um, partner yeah his future significant yeah a- asking those questions and and making sure that that foundation is there but then i also really relied on the men in my life and i would who were married and i would ask them the same questions how did you know what advice would you give me and then i think my dad was actually the one who said you know it's zach there's never a perfect time to get married. There's never a perfect time to have kids and all that stuff. You just have to do the best that you can with the information that you have. So Yeah, the perfect time to propose is when you propose, right? <laughs> and the perfect time to have kids is when you have kids. So. Exactly. And it's okay to not know 100% about who you're marrying before you get married. As long as, as you say, those foundational aspects are correct. Um, so now, Amanda, how did Zach's proposal, how did that meet up with, how did you feel your um, French charming was going to propose to you when you were a little girl growing up? I don't know. I 
I don't know if I ever really thought about like a dream proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, I had thought about the ring a lot and like mm-hmm. what I wanted that to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so how'd you share those? I guess that would be after he's he's proposed, right? That you talk about the ring, or had you guys talked about? Oh, the ring I had. I had definitely dropped some hints, not so subtly, like, "Hey, look <laughs> at this ring. This is exactly what I like." <laughs> um, or I'd like send him pictures, or like I had a note on my phone in case he like happened to be looking called ring. Um, or like, there's the always the trusty Pinterest board. You just have to make sure you go back and look at things you added in like 2010 and delete yeah. those. Yeah. Um, but oh, I was probably not so subtle in how I let him know. Good this is what Good I tips. Good tips. Once we started talking about, you know, <clears throat> this is in our future, then I got very unshy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the proposal goes, yeah, I I don't know what I was expecting. Zach's a very sentimental person, so I knew whatever he did, it would it would have a lot of like heart behind it. Um, and I, he's very close to his family. I'm really close to mine, so I knew they would play some sort of role. Um, I was just so thrown off by not knowing when it was going to happen. He also had created this like event in my phone on my calendar. He was like, hey, after school next week, I need you at this time. I'm not telling you what we're doing, but make sure you're ready and you have a change of clothes. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, next week here's what he's going to do. And yeah. we were seeing his family at a wedding the next, like the weekend after yeah. something like then we'll get to share with them. So I thought I had it all figured out in my head and I just was very wrong. And I was even a little cranky about it the day he proposed because they were, they kept trying to stall and like change our plans. And I was just so upset that the weekend was not going how I had planned it for them that I was getting a little cranky. So when along this pathway, did you realize that you were going to get proposed to? Right away. Oh, as right soon right. as okay. his sister and I are really close, we're the same age, um, we're just very similar, but we pulled up in this parking spot and she looked at me and she's like, you could just tell when she looked at me like, oh, something's happening. Um, and she's like, I've got something for you. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> that kind of thing. And then, uh, so as soon as that started going down and that, the note kind of gave it away, yeah. followed the path. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the proposals. Now, on the, we'll start with the girl side first. Any advice to future brides waiting on their bo- boyfriends to propose to them? Any advice or insights? I think one is just being realistic with your expectations. And um, if you have some sort of timeline in your head, communicating why you have that timeline or what you think. Because he's not going to read your mind. And, you know, if you think you have it figured out, you don't. And I don't know. I think so much of it was I probably would have had it done sooner. And and then you're just thinking about God's timing and it's going to happen when it happens. And that'll, I don't know. It's, it's hard because I definitely struggled with wanting it to happen and it wasn't happening. And, and then when it does, you're, you immediately forget about all that. Oh yeah. So... Yeah, I would just say communicate. Like once you do start talking about marriage, you know it's on the table. Just like communicate yeah. expectations, so he doesn't have to stress out about. Right. Well, he might still stress out about making it the perfect day, but at least so he knows where your heart is with it. Yeah. And be patient. Once you know you're gonna get married, he'll propose. Yeah, <laughs> just 
Yeah. Definitely yeah. communicating those expectations, yeah. those thoughts that you have so that there's no miss. Yeah. Um, and so on the flip side, for the guys, any advice to future grooms planning on proposing to their future wives? What sort of advice would you have? Do it quicker. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I don't know if I have a, any huge mind-blowing advice. Just do it, you know, take your time, make sure it's special, make sure it's meaningful to them. And yeah, I don't know if there's any huge wis- wisdom bomb drop that I have. Yeah, fair enough. Any thoughts? Exactly. That? No, I, I would echo what Amanda said about that open communication. I mean, I think you have to go into a relationship with a purpose, right? I mean, Jake and I would both agree with uh, intentional dating, right? You're dating with the intention of getting married. And if you are not making your expectations clear, I think you could really get into a lot of trouble with what, your partner or girlfriend might be expecting, right? So um, I've seen it time and time again where the girl is waiting and the guy is just not even light years close yeah. close to that. Yeah. And then so then you just have this awkward sort of tension of, yeah, we're dating, but we're not really going anywhere. So I think it's a, it's a responsibility on the guy to... Just be as open and upfront as possible um, with where with where you're at. Yeah, I guess I guess one other thing too that I would would add is just it's important to like make her parents know just like that she's gonna be in good hands. Like when you do finally make that decision to hey, she, she, I'm gonna, I want to make her mine the rest of my life. I think that conversation with the parents is. It's really important just to you know, make the dad especially feel like, okay, my my daughter's going into a marriage with a man who's going to protect her, lead her, and, and just make them feel good about it. Could you see that, tr- not a trend, but could you see that practice falling out of style with, I mean, with, with the, the youth today and the culture? I have. I hope it doesn't, but I could see it. You know? Viewed as like, oh, I'm not a piece of property that I have to give away. <laughs> I think that's how people kind of view it sometimes. It's just like, no, like, yeah, when you love your family, you want their bu- their blessing. And yeah, like you said, just the reassurance of, yeah. I'm going to be with her for the rest of my life until I die, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay, so that's the... Proposal. Now the wedding plans. Tell me about the wedding plans. Challenges, unexpected issues, unexpected pleasures, and rewards. <clears throat> Girls, maybe we'll let you two start first. <laughs> Is either one of you a natural planner? I am really bad at making decisions. <laughs> so <laughs> wedding planning was definitely a little <laughs> stressful. Yeah. Um, Jake is someone who's just like, oh, kind of do it how you want. But I was like, no, <laughs> tell me what to do. What do well, I, what do I want? Well, the good news is that we were 
paying for most of it. Yeah, so we paid we, for a ninety percent. Our options were limited. Yeah, which, which that's helped true. us. <laughs> which helped us make decisions. That's true. So. Um, you know, I think it, as a young girl, you just dream about what your wedding days looks like. Um, and I don't like. I think coming to Christ, I kind of I don't want to say like had to put some of those dreams down, but also just had to be like. Okay, what's the real reason why I'm getting married? Do we need to spend $10,000 on, you know, this or that? So I think I had to put some of those expectations down and just really look at, you know, what's the purpose at the end of the day? What is the big purpose of this, of this, you know, of us getting married? And so. So what do you think were maybe some of those uh, initial expectations you have that since you two were, were paying for your own wedding? you decide to go and push back maybe on some of those? I don't know. Was there anything you feel like you couldn't have on that day? Honestly, no. We just kind of made it work with the budget that we had. Um, Didn't feel like we were lacking anything. That is always a... I think people think you have to pay all this money, and there's always a less expensive option for whatever it is that you're wanting or you feel like you need like you just you just don't have to spend all this money on a wedding yeah yeah so what do you think was the the biggest challenge other than you kind of cited already just maybe planning not being your your natural skill set so it went a lot of jason but was there anything in particular that you found to be like a a major challenge and then the flip side of it were there any little like hidden blessings or unexpected like rewards where you're like you know what i didn't see this coming but this has really been sweet yeah i mean i think i might have alluded to this on the previous time i was on but Mm -hmm. um my sister and now brother-in-law they were getting married like right around the same time too so like when they, they had been engaged for i think a year or so and and then we got engaged and we were like we wanted a quick wedding just we wanted to be married so navigating with them just you know trying to respect their day and also still you know we wanted to get married quick um that was a challenge don't think we handled it the best we could have in the most loving way potentially with some of the word choices that I use, but um, that was a that was a challenge. But the good thing about all that, we got married in 2019. The next year was 2020, <laughs> so it all worked out. <laughs> you got, got both the weddings in before COVID, and yeah. and uh, you know now we're all good. And we yeah. we all look back, and it's you know we realize the bigger picture. We all got married, and yeah. but in you know there's some tense conversations in the moment, and. Yeah. But it all it all worked out. And I think so. ultimately it brought us closer. Yeah. To um, I think conflict. Obviously there's a lot of conflict that arises, I feel like, in wedding planning and so I think that conflict alone brought us closer to his family yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's actually a good point. It's the way you're able to work through the whole idea of conflict resolution. If you can do it in a healthy way it'll bring you closer. If you don't do it in a healthy way, it can end up splitting you apart further. So I think that's actually a good point. Yeah. 
Well, the hard thing about wedding planning, too, is I think everyone kind of has an input on what they want your day to look like. And so I think staying true to, like, what we wanted that to look like while also having to effectively communicate that with his parents, with my family. Um, It's not something you really think about when you start to wedding plan, but it's just like, yeah. So I think that was a challenge for sure, but... Yeah, and I guess an even bigger challenge, too, was the fact that your mom passed away during that time, too. Yeah. Just, you know, figuring out how we how we could honor her in that day and also dealing with that grief as well at the same time. Yeah. And so we'll touch on that when we actually talk about the wedding itself. Um, Amanda, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I would just agree with Maddie that you... <laughs> you start realizing that you're spending more time wedding planning than marriage planning. And I think, I don't know who pointed that out to us, you know, as we were going through pre-marriage mentoring, but it kind of sits with you and all this time you start putting into the details of your wedding. Like, but have we worked, you know, have we talked about our marriage this much or have we spent as much time navigating how we will do things once, once this day goes by, because ultimately that's what it is. It's a day and then it's done and now you're left with your marriage. And um, I think that as women, especially, that's the harder expectation to let go of um, is it's not all about this day. Yeah. It's about all the days after. Yeah. Um, and then... Wedding planning, yeah, like Maddie was saying, everyone has an opinion on what they think your day should be. You know, when it, even the little things like what food should be served at a wedding, how the order of events should go. I mean, everyone has an opinion and it really just came down to what do Zach and I want and that's what it's going to be. And and that was hard. I tried to... I tend to shy away from confrontation. And so having to speak up and, and put your foot down of like, no, this is what we want. Um, that was a little challenging. Yeah. yeah. Zach, any thoughts? Well, so from a practical side, uh-huh. the wedding has to be planned, right? So <laughs> there's no way to get around it. You have to find the DJ. You have to, well, you don't have to, but you know what I mean. Certain any things. Thoughts? Did you ever think about eloping? One million percent I did. Okay. <laughs> and I think if COVID would have happened and the whole like replant, like rescheduling or pushback, we would have eloped okay. on the spot. Fair enough. Zach, back to you. Um, He's like looking at me like, no, we would have never. I would have. I absolutely. I had all these dreams as a young boy. <laughs> but uh, I took the approach. There are certain things like we have to get done. So. Let's just do it. I, I, I was like that in school too. I never waited to the last second for a project just because I knew the stress of trying to do it last minute was worse than, sure. you yeah. know, just sucking it up and doing it. But um, Amanda may have downplayed the uh, organization part. She, she had this book and this binder that told you the days that you should have this planned out by. So she followed that pretty well. Had she started that book like the age of five years old? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she hadn't. But uh, it it was, I'll tell you, there's so many resources out there today, right? That, Mm -hmm. I mean, how-to books, I mean, which is essentially what it was. How to plan a wedding and it was day by day, week by week stuff, things to do. But... 
yeah, I think it's a difficult balance because it's such a special day. You want to make it grand, which requires some finances, but at the same time, you don't want to take away from the true meaning of the day. So um, I think it's, you just got to look at your own situation and play it by ear and see what so, works best. Um, Jake kind of alluded to, to this and just, just from a practical perspective, budget, how do you decide what you're going to spend on a wedding from financial, just good old fashioned, practical? Well, I think you first look at your financial situation with what do you personally own and are you getting any sort of family assistance? That's the first fork in the road. Right, because mm-hmm. if your father to mm-hmm. the bride is paying for the whole thing, okay, that is certainly going to ease some of the burden there. Of course, you, you don't rack that bill up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say you don't want to. We'll clip that out in case your parents in law is listening to it. Right? No, he would. He would yeah, classic. <laughs> no, no, I. That's too funny, but I. That, I think that's the first first fork in the road that you have to get to. But my advice looking back on it would be if you can have a wedding and it fits your financial situation for what you're trying to do from a, a savings perspective, right? I'm Not to get all Dave Ramsey here, but the... <laughs> Emergency fund. And for people who don't know who Dave Ramsey is, who's Dave Ramsey? Who's Dave Ramsey? He, he's a very prominent financial advisor. Uh, strong uh, Christian values are input into his teachings, but he's um, he he has a pretty unique story as well too. But he's just really made a name for himself for really attacking debt and the the stranglehold that debt can have on your on your life. But we actually took financial peace which is his program at the crossing, the church that we attend. And one of his rules is having an emergency fund, which you don't need a Christian financial advisor to tell you that. But anyways, the point of my story is if, if you're getting married and you don't have an emergency fund and you don't have a place to live, right. (laughs) And all these things, right. If you're living in your uh, parents' basement, which could work for, you know, certain individuals, then I think you have to make your wedding plans based off of that. Does that make sense? That's good. Um, To go in debt or not to go in debt because of a wedding? Any thoughts? I would say don't do it. Don't go in debt. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. I I think for me, that just comes back to, you know, what's, what's the day about? It's about making a covenant with God. That's the bottom line. So we don't need that. Going to debt to do that. That's free, yeah. And and debt can just be such a... A weight on a marriage. A weight on a marriage. Especially starting your marriage. Starting your marriage. So, which is hopefully something that the couple would have talked about during their premarital counseling. (laughs) Your views on finance and all that kind of stuff. But I would highly advise against debt. Part one of our wedding day podcast ends here. We'll pick back up with the conclusion of our wedding day plans, including the wedding itself, on the next episode of Real Friends. In the meantime, 
To all our listeners in Podville, thank you for being loyal listeners. I appreciate each and every one of you. To a very special friend of mine, I love you dearly. I look forward to sharing more real-life stories with each one of you in the future. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Real Friends.